0: Double H-u-double-l-c-i-t-y. 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 That's
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always Alex and with me today I have Dan. How are you Dan?
0: Uh, yeah I'm alright, how are you? Yeah,
1: not too bad, not too bad. Uh, It looks like the string of great away performances has unfortunately come to an end with a disappointing 1-0 defeat at Derby, but uh, a bit more of a positive display than Fulham, even though it was the same scoreline. It seemed that we were creating a few more chances and uh, Bowen had a great chance in that first half that if he'd put away, we could have really um, taken something out of that game and really kicked on and and put a few more past them. But uh, what was your overall feeling of the game?
0: Um, I think, like I, I was probably disappointed that we didn't pick up points. But in saying that, um, as you sort of mentioned, it was a better performance um, than what we that we put out against the, uh, against Fulham. Um, I was a little surprised with some of the um, with the with the lineup. I thought um, I thought Eves had been playing well enough recently that um, he would at least retain his starting spot. Um, I was somewhat surprised to see Magenis come straight back in particularly on a return from um, a soft tissue injury I thought it was um, pretty surprising (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean
1: you would have expected potentially he'd come off the bench for a couple of games and then maybe start a game if he scored a goal or something like that but I I agree, I think Eves was pretty harshly done by considering he scored the hat-trick in the cup and then uh, look, you know, he was a bit flat against Fulham but so were a few people so um, a bit harsh to to treat him or judge him on that performance alone.
0: Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually know that Device um, and Grisicki were were even uh, well, in that, the frame to not play. So, well that um, was the, that the... took me su- by surprise. But in saying that, I thought Tafazoli played um, was outstanding um, coming in for Device. Um, Bowler, not quite, um, not bad, but not outstanding. I didn't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think it was the, the press conference right after it signed Samuelson when um, uh, when McGann was talking about him and talking about the squad for Derby, and he sort of alluded to this sort of mystery, two, p- two players who were going to miss the game, and uh, I sort of thought by the fact he was being so cute and hiding the identity of the players sort of suggested that they were fairly important. I thought I think a lot of people sort of jumped to the conclusion it was going to be Bowen and Grzycki, but... Look, the vice is pretty pretty important to the lineup as well. I saw the stat after the game that I think it's now eight games without a win when he's, which is a pretty crazy stat. When you think, um, you know, sure he's been he's been in pretty good form for us, but you wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be probably the first name that comes to mind as someone who's who's so important to our lineup.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely that's a uh, interest crazy stat to to think about. Um, It's interesting when you when you have defenders who, I mean. We've been saying that Burke and Device have, have built a really strong partnership, but it's really interesting when you see that, you know, when one of them, when, when Device is out, how how big that is, his omission um, of an impact that can have on, on the team.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, it's interesting because I didn't actually think tafazzoli had a bad game, I thought he was quite good, so it's hard to say, you know, and look, it, it could just be a coincidence, it could just be bad luck that that's sort of the way the stat has fallen, um, and, and, you know, it was a pretty well-taken goal for them. I, Question marks over whether Long should have done more if he's coming out of his out of his box or he's coming out of his area to claim the ball. You need to be making some co- sort of contact with it, um, and and because he doesn't, that's sort of what causes the goal. But um, it's hard to be too critical of too many of the players. I thought Bowen had that great chance, and I think the, it was the first half. Um, where, as I said before, I mean, if he puts that away, it's a completely different game. Um, but yeah, maybe Magennis a bit rusty up top. Um, who else? I mean, Elder Elder looked pretty good coming back from his injury, so he, he, he slotted right back in. But, um, look, yeah. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on the squad? Were, were you disappointed with any of the performances, or, or was it just a matter of pretty unlucky on the day?
0: Um, I think overall it was just... Uh, I thought it was pretty even, um, and as you said, if, like when that ball fell to Bowen in the box, I thought, here we are, 1-0 up for sure. Um, but, it, but he's fluffed it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. But... <laughs> You know, but uh, I thought overall it was, it was pretty even. It was it's hard to say. No, I don't think anyone had a terrible game. There were a couple that were, uh, you know, only average. But I think um, to see both of those, um, both the new guys um, in Samuelson and Wilkes come on. Um, I mean, it was it was good to see them come on. I was you know I I still I think I probably again think Eve was hard done by not to get you know on the park at all um but I thought Samuelson um had some really nice touches um yeah did, was involved in some good things I thought I don't know how how late did Wilkes come on that's the question um it was quite late in the game and uh, so seventy so he had 20 minutes um I, I don't really remember him doing yeah a, a lot to be honest um I remember a couple of half decent runs but sort of lacking a bit of polish and i guess some of that's lacking that um that that understanding of the of the players around because um, I, re- I think there was one or two passes that that went astray bet- between him and someone else but uh i can only imagine i get we've got a, some extra competition um for places uh and you know more young talented guys so Looking forward, um, you know, we're, we're still in a strong strong position. Yeah.
1: The topic of conversation. Which is the fact that since the last podcast we've signed not one, but two players, which is pretty remarkable considering we go some uh, January windows without even signing two players. But um, Samuelson coming in from West Ham, Wilkes coming in from Barnsley, Wilkes being probably the most protracted transfer saga that we've had in recent times, considering that it ended up actually coming off. Um as you said, Samuelson coming on looked really tricky with his feet. He, he sort of he sort of looked to me the sort of player that, you know, when you, when you when you watch his YouTube highlights, he's kind of that player, you know. You see his highlights, he's doing skill moves, he's going like past players, he's doing all sorts of things. And he came on against Derby and that's what he produced, which is great. You know, you, you kind of want to see that. You don't want him to be really cautious and in his shell and nervous. And um, You know, he strikes you as a sort of guy that might be a bit lightweight and pushed off the ball pretty easily, but look, he seemed to play pretty well. Um, and Wilkes I mean you know as you say he, he's he's probably going to take a little while to get used to the side but he's also he hasn't really been in the Barnsley side either so he's just probably a bit rusty having not played a whole lot of senior football um, and and he's the sort of guy who um, he sort of strikes me as someone that if he's if he's really confident if he's in a rich vein of form he'd be a really dangerous player and he'd be someone you'd really love to have in a starting eleven but he's also the sort of player that I mean look he, he seems to be a confidence player at least. From what I've watched of him, of the you know, twenty whole minutes, it's it's not a whole lot to judge him on. In fairness, but uh, he's got that sort of he's got the pace and the skill as the winger, but um, doesn't strike me as someone who could really be involved in a game. If, if you know, as he came on at one 0 down, I think he had one pretty tame shot. But um, and look, that that opinion could be completely off the mark, and he could come in and, and really surprise me, which I really hope he does. Um, I know it's only a loan with an option to buy, and and if he impresses. And, you know, I think he has a few off-field issues as well. I think he's got a looming court case. I mean, if that all pans out the right way, I suspect that's probably why we've gone the loan to buy rather than just buying him outright. But um, what's your opinion overall of the the signing of the two players? I mean, I know you just said, great to get another two young players in the door. I think we're really investing well in having quite a young, exciting squad with a lot of potential. uh, And it can only be positive.
0: Yeah, I think overall... um... It's hard to complain too much. We've added, um, we've added another player in, in those uh, forward positions. Um, I think Samuelson can play as one of those, uh, as either a winger or or a um, attacking midfielder. Wills can play as a winger. There's sorts of um, where we've been. We're thinking maybe we needed a bit of uh, extra um, personnel in case, uh, you know. S- something went something goes wrong um, you know Grosicki only a, a minor I think he's only rested for the week but you know we we lost he was out and Bowler comes in but if there was something wrong with you know either Bowler or Bowen then all of a sudden before Wilkes came in who who goes there do we push do you push Irvine out wide again or something and, and play someone else through the, through the middle you know so it's good to have just a bit of extra um, squad depth
1: yeah, definitely. And, and, and on the other side of the coin, um, I think one of the biggest bits of business that we've been trying to do over the, the window is to, to ship Henriksen uh, Milinkovic out. And, and now it looks like Dicko as well, coming into the last six months of his deal. Um, what's your uh, perception of that? Well, or do you think it's likely that they'll still be with us at the end of the window? I mean, we've been trying since summer, still not a whole lot of interest in, in any of them. Um, I think I saw something saying that if Dicko's going to leave, it's either got to be to Vitesse or it's got to be to an MLS or a Chinese club because of the fact that he's now played for... Well, he's played for two clubs in the win, uh, in, in in the season so far, and, and I think the rules state that he can't play for a third this in this uh, European season, I guess.
0: Um... Yeah, well, I suppose that would be the same as um, when we had uh, ben, when Ben Arfa came to us yep. and then left. I think he had to sit out for a few months <laughs> yeah. because he cause, cause we we were we the third club or something something anyway. Uh, but
1: yeah, well, because he played for he obviously played a bit for Newcastle, I suspect, and then for us, and then yeah, I think he I think he went to a French club and ended up just playing in there under twenty threes or something because he couldn't yeah. play for the senior squad.
0: Yeah, so. Um, I mean I'm hopeful that something can happen um, in the next uh, week or so I'm not uh, I'm not expect I'm, I'm probably obviously not really I'm not honestly not expecting much to happen um, it would be nice if some of that was done just to tie up those loose ends get and that get those w- wage get, bill, yeah. yeah get get those wages out of the out of the club um, you know leave us in a little bit of a s- s- uh, stronger financial position come the end of the season, but um, I mean, if it if, if it if it has to be that they wind down their last six months and, and, and go on a free, then then so be it. I think what's counted against, well at least against Henriksen and Milinkovic is that they haven't played a lot of football. Yeah, and I think like there's a lot of clubs that don't wanna don't wanna take that or spend that money on a player. Um, who hasn't played recently um, especially in at this time of year you go okay so I bring him in I've got to get them up to fitness um, you know and then what's there maybe there might get there might be half a dozen games at the end of the year or something where someone like Henriksen would get a chance to actually play some football and is it is it worth that much of an investment for, for, for five or six games I guess that's the that's sort of where I, I assume the uh, other clubs are, are sort of situated.
1: Yeah, no, and fair enough. Um, and then in loan news, uh, potentially one out... Well, sorry, there has been one outgoing in terms of Fleming... Uh, who's joined Bolton on loan, uh, which I think is a great move for him. Um, it's interesting because of the fact that uh, obviously we have Elder and Kingsley as our left back options, and we did recently have both of them injured, which uh, raises the question that it's you know not unlikely that that could happen again. Um, I guess in that situation we seem comfortable enough playing High at left back, which. Um, which seems to be our solution. So we were quite happy to let Fleming go out on loan, which yeah, I think is great for him. Great experience playing for a senior club, presumably going to be playing week in, week out. I think he, he debuted for them on the weekend and um, by all reports was pretty much their best player, which is um, great to hear. Um, and, you know, it gives him a bit of character as well. He's in a, he's in a side that's very likely going to get relegated, but it uh, gives him a bit of, bit of an experience for a relegation fight and, and that sort of experience can only be a help for him
0: yeah I think um, for, for those sorts of guys who um, I mean we have high hopes for in terms of the future of the club it is crucial to their development um, if, if they're to reach the levels of, that you know I expect and probably you expect and there's probably many people actually within the club itself that expect them to reach that they need to be out playing football and as it stands at the moment then the opportunities are not there within the club so it, it makes sense to, to send them somewhere um, you know there's nothing wrong with 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 spending six months in in League One or or, um, or League Two, uh, just to to get that first team football to experience you know a relegation fight or a promotion fight or whatever mm. it is with with a with a lower league team. Um, so um, I think was the other one was mm, that they were suggesting maybe would be uh, was maybe McKenzie. I think they were saying okay. possibly they were looking to try and get. Um, to go out but whether I don't know if there was anything you know even somewhat concrete about a, an actual club or, or whether it was just you know Hold um, only Mail or something so I just remember seeing his name in relation to the, the Fleming line but um, I mean they are probably the, the two most prominent of our of our youngsters um, well, in terms of that of been involved with the first team, but
1: the other one I was going to mention would be Lewis Potter because the obvious question now is that with the attacking reinforcements that we've brought in, uh, and, and he has been in great form for us, so I'd love for him to continue getting opportunities. But if they're not going to be as often as they were, whether it is worth sending him out even to a League Two club uh, where you know he, he might not be as. Um, uh, as much of a focus potentially I mean I, you wouldn't want to put him into too, too overwhelming a situation but just to give him that senior experience as well maybe, maybe that would be good for him maybe it's better for him to still be around the club for another six months and then have a season out on loan I'm not sure um, but the club obviously rates him quite highly and it would be great to see him sort of getting a bit more senior experience if he can get you know, half a dozen goals under his belt as well I'm sure that would be great for his confidence
0: yeah absolutely I think he's he's he is one that um, would absolutely benefit I mean he came into the first team and and didn't look out of place but um, just with uh, you know just how the squad is at the moment and with the acquisitions that we've had as you as you mentioned that it, it would actually it would be a great um, great decision a great opportunity for him to, to go somewhere and be able to play more football you know just keep scoring goals and developing his game further because he's already got a lot of um, you know, really likable characteristics as a footballer. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, we'll we'll move on now to talk about the big big game that we've got this weekend and the fantastic news that came through. I think it was yesterday that it's now officially a sellout against Chelsea in the FA Cup, our largest FA Cup crowd in over 40 years and our first sellout in over three years, uh, which is quite remarkable. I mean, I guess when you consider that, the obvious train of thought would be, oh well, look, it's because it's the pre- it's Premier League opposition or what have you. But three years ago, we were in the Premier League and we were not getting sellouts. And there was a whole lot of friction with the Alums and and all all sorts of things around the club. So it's a huge testament to the way that the club has turned everything around, that there's there's this feel-good atmosphere back around the club and that there's people really excited about coming to watch Hull City play games. And and I really hope that it's a fantastic game to, to match the atmosphere.
0: Look, I'm I'm really looking forward to to the game. I think it's as you as you said, it's awesome news. Um, you know that we have a sellout. Um, there's nothing. There's going. You know, it's been a while since I think you know three years since we've had the cake. Since the cakecoms really been rocking. So, um, I think regardless of the opposition, whether it's Chelsea, whoever it is, I think it's a this this game is a great opportunity. You know to play against. Um, you know to get to play against Premier League opposition but I don't think that's necessarily why why it's a sellout I think um I think just with the work that's been done on the pitch and off the pitch over the last you know say 12 months that some of the um the negative perceptions of the, of the club are slowly starting to turn we're starting to um to have reason um to for, for the um locals to want to wanna go um, go to games again and and I think this is a, a, a really good demonstration of um, of the of the supporter base that, that we have, and um, hopefully we, we put on a good performance on the weekend, and we can um, carry that through the, the end of the season. Because I think we have, um, you know, we've got some really important games um, in the league coming up, and um, if you had you know ten or twelve thousand um, Tigers supporters there, then um, you know it might make all the difference.
1: Yeah, and you know what, I mean, as much as it's going to be great watching us go toe-to-toe with one of the best Premier League clubs in the world, well, best Premier League clubs in the Premier League, um, I'm almost just excited to watch us play in front of a full house. It's just going to be a fantastic vision and a fantastic callback to to sort of the glory days of us in the Premier League. Um, And who knows? Um, In terms of the game itself and the atmosphere that this sellout has now created, would you like to see us playing a full-strength side? Or as you're sort of referencing, we've got some pretty big games coming up in the league as well, which hopefully a lot of these supporters will stick around and, and, and come to those games as well. Um, would you want to see us sort of go for it in the Cup? I mean, Chelsea just drew against a 10-man Arsenal. They haven't been in fantastic form. I think they lost to Bournemouth recently as well. Um, in a way, that they're really there for the taking.
0: Yeah, look, I think there's no reason why we can't play a full strength um, team. Realistically, as we've just been talking about the couple of acquisitions we've got, a couple of guys coming back from injury. Um, the squad's maybe not in not as dire straits as it appeared only you know a week or so ago. So I think, I think we, um, I mean, we, we we're in a position. I mean, it's it's one game. Uh, you may as well just um, put out put out the best eleven. Um, you know, if if we win, um, you know, we go through the next round. If not, um, you know, ever they've if some of the players that we have that are in now in our first eleven probably haven't will, will have never played in in at a full KCOM and um, will maybe never have played. Um, you know, just against such a high you know high opposition, a high level opposition in in a high stakes game. So. I think um, overall it's just, it's a great opportunity and, we, and we'd be foolish to put out a second-string team um, just with with it trying to keep an eye um, on the league ahead, even though, you know, our McCann's objective is top six. Um, we're not too far away, although we can't really afford to drop too many more points.
1: Well, and, and it'll be really interesting to see how someone like Bowen goes against Chelsea because... For all the talk that you know, he, he he's a prospective Premier League player in the making. Um, it'll be good for him as a player to test himself against one of those high-quality sides. And and a guy like, as you're referring to, guys like Jackson Irvine, who've been at the club for about three years now, have never played in front of a crowd as large as this against a side as good as this. So uh, it's gonna be really exciting all round. Do you do, do you have a score prediction? Do you do you get any sort of sense that we could snap something in this or? You know, look, if we can just keep it to a couple of goal margin, that, that's sort of uh, good enough uh, as a result.
0: Um, look, I think I think there's no reason why we, we couldn't pull off a result, but it's, everyone would have to be on the A game. I think, um, you know, hopefully, you know, Grzycki had, has, had, has had the week. Um, you know, maybe he's, hopefully he's a little bit uh, refreshed, um, a little bit of extra spring in his step. Um, and he can burn, burn around behind their defence and and tease, tease some goals up for either himself or for Eves or for Bowen. Um, you know, but I think it's going to be it's going to be a very tough game. I think I think it'll be I think it's going to be close either way. To be honest, I think it's only going to be a one nil either way sort of a game.
1: Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I I'd like to think, given McGann's attacking style, that he might sort of take that gung ho go for it. Approach because at the end of the day, if it's an entertaining, high, high attacking sort of game, then even if we lose, it's still sort of a positive. And it, it's sort of a, it's almost like a marketing exercise, as cynical as that is to say. It's a marketing exercise to all these supporters to say, "Hey, look at the sort of football that we can play." So even if we lost, you know, like four two or something like that, he might try and go for that sort of approach just to, to to produce sort of an exciting game. But you know, who knows? It could also be one that ends up being quite a tight a contested game um, so it'll be great to watch. I mean unfortunately it's on at 4.30 which makes it a really, un- a really tough time for us to watch but luckily enough it's the Australia Day long weekend which always helps with uh, the recovery process these days um, so looking forward to it very much so um, We've also then got a league game during the week against Huddersfield who are 20th in the table at the moment, only one win in their last five so presents a really good opportunity for us to, to whether it's to bounce back from Chelsea or just to bounce back from our league defeat to Derby uh, and try and get back into that Chasing Playoff Place pack. Um, of course, there's been a couple of games the last few days as catch-up games and FA Cup re-organised re- uh, games, which has meant that we're now, uh, what is it, seven points off the playoffs, which is a bit frustrating given we were only three points off not so long ago.
0: Um, but I think we have a game in hand against... We do, that's true. Nottingham um, um, something okay, pre- in, uh, in sixth? Uh, uh,
1: Preston in sixth, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's true. Yeah, we do We do have a game in hand, which does help. So... so Theoretically, it could be four points if we were to win that game in hand. But uh, what, what do you make of the game against Huddersfield? I guess it's sort of hard to read our form lately. We're sort of, um, you know, it, it, doesn't, it almost even doesn't matter the quality of the opposition, it's just the quality of our performance that really sort of dictates how we play.
0: Yeah, it's—it um, it's, we do have an interesting uh, time trying to read our form line uh, lately. But I think, um, I mean, I want to say that we will... That, that we should get up and, and beat them. And we should, we should get up and beat them. I think, um, it's going to be one of those ones where it depends. It's really going to depend on who plays on against Chelsea, who of those can back up to play against Huddersfield, um, and sort of what squad goes out. But I think it's a really good opportunity for some of those guys who have just, just come in, um, to, to, to really make a mark or to stamp their claims, um, you know, for starting positions um, against Huddersfield, so I think um, I see I see no reason why we can't win. Um, I think, it sadly, it sort of depends on on you know if, if Bowen plays against Chelsea, if he gets through that unscathed, and and whether we um, whether he's earned a rest yet, or whether he um, you know had line lines up again and and again, and I feel like. Um, you know a lot a lot seems to ride on him when he if if he scores we, we seem to win if if he um, if he doesn't which seems to be the case lately maybe tailed off a little bit with his goal scoring um the results don't seem to go away so it's so it's a it's a tricky one
1: yeah certainly a bit an interesting one i i i do want to say uh, perhaps a bit optimistically i think we'll edge it maybe 2-0 2-1 um, but look, our form line at the moment is almost impossible to read, so I'm not going to put too much weight into that. It was interesting. I think there was an article in the whole Daily Mail last week about stats about the number of points needed to break into the playoffs, and I think I can't remember the number, but it was uh, from our last how many games have we have left? 16 games, I think we essentially have to win 10 of them to stand a chance, which is a bit worrying when you look at it in that sense. But uh, sometimes those stats and looking at average points for the playoffs or that sort of thing are a bit overblown. I think at the end, we points behind Preston, and that means that we have to win two more games than them for the rest of the season, and uh, and obviously the sides between us and them as well. But that, that's all we can hope for, and, uh, and hopefully we can start that with a win against Huddersfield next uh, Wednesday morning. Um, but just to finish off, before we uh, before we sign off, we always do our little football flashback of the week, and I thought very appropriately, just about this time uh, six years ago now, which makes me feel incredibly old, we did beat Southend 2-0 in the FA Cup to book our place in the fifth round um, of what would eventually be a run to the final. Uh, it was a game that I was fortunate enough to be at, so it's uh, it's a great memory for me, and very significantly, of course, it was against Phil Brown. So. Um, uh, one of the few times that we've matched up against one of Phil Brown's sides uh, and it was Fryatt who scored both goals on that day and, and my, I don't—I I think his second goal was a really great piece of individual skill but his first goal was just really funny because we'd started him, uh, Sagbo and Danny Graham up top and it was a really wet sort of dour day and I can't remember who played the through ball it might have been, uh, I want to say maybe Quinn I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head or maybe Myler um, but I think it was a three-ball played for Graham, and then Fright just kind of ran across him and, and snatched the ball off his feet because he just didn't trust Graham to be able to do anything with it, and I don't think anyone did at that point, point. Uh, and he scored the goal himself. But um, a very very memorable victory for myself. I, I'm not sure if it was televised, so I'm not sure how much of a memory you would have of the game, but perhaps more in the context of, of that FA Cup run, um, you know, looking back on that season and that FA Cup run, like how how incredible it was and, and your memories of that.
0: Um, well, I I was uh, lucky enough to... I found some highlights of that game just before we came on air. So I I've had, I had a bit of a look um, and...
1: So who, it, do, you, do, you know, do you remember... Who, did you say who it was? Who, played, who was the one who played the three ball?
0: So Myler played the ball yeah, okay. um, in for Graham and he sort of stuffed his first touch and then fry, nicked it off his toes... <laughs> Graham was quite upset about that. Um, and then Matty Frye sort of darted around um, to the to the left side of the goal and then and swung it um, back across the keeper into the bottom right-hand corner. It was um, a great finish. And his second goal was um, he picked it up out wide and then just um, took it into the box and just sent the defender the wrong way and then just rifled it. It was a great yeah. finish um, from really close and a really tight angle. Um did really well, but I thought um, the, I mean, the interesting, or not, interesting is probably not the word, but it, we started well with a great ball um, uh, to George Boyd, who then played a perfect ball across to Danny Graham, and he played, and he rolled it straight at the keeper, um, the south end keeper, which sort of summed up his, almost up his time at the club, really. he, um, I think, I heard in the call, they said he scored two goals in, in you know, in a ridiculous amount of time, in six or eight months or something, he didn't have a great um, a great period um, with us in terms of goal scoring. But um, I think there was Southend themselves had some some um, some good opportunities. It was, a, it, was a, it was actually looked like it would have been a really good game to be at. They had. Um, it was a very good Yeah, yeah, a great shot from outside the box that hit the um, had. Uh, Harper beat and then hit the crossbar and bounced down to him and a couple of um a couple of really good opportunities that they had. But um, I've just talked about so and
1: and the goalkeeper for for Southend was actually David Bentley, who I think is now the QPR keeper. And I think at one point we were actually linked to So they had a couple of a uh, couple of decent players in their side.
0: Um, yeah, it was um, but it was it was a good win. And as you said, um, you know, or, or alluded to earlier that it was part of our. Our um, run to the final. I remember. I I, I remember watching the final, and that was um, was a crazy, crazy time. But that was around. That was about the time where I first started um, following City. So that was. These are all sort of, um, I guess, my foundation memories for um, for Hull City. So it's um, it's it's nice to look back on those um, on some of the good times that we've had, um, and and a great FA Cup run. And you know, hopefully, we can. You know, continue that. You know, this weekend against Chelsea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, if we can get past Chelsea, it just opens the doors to something pretty, pretty special. And I think it's interesting when it gets to the point where the FA Cup stops being a distraction and starts being a chance of, well, you know, we could actually win something here. And I mean, I think for Bruce, it really probably only came in the quarter final against Sunderland, maybe, where he sort of started to think, hang on, if we win this game we're at Wembley, uh, and then of course it eventuated that we had uh, Sheffield united in the semi-final, and that then gave us a huge chance at making the final, and it all kind of went from there. But, I mean, it's it's unfortunate to hear about the financial troubles that End are having, having and, and I'm hoping that they're not going to end up in the same way as um, Barry and, and a couple of other clubs because, you know, as much as it was sort of a dilapidated sort of stadium and, and, and sort of your typical English stadium, that was what made it so brilliant, is that, you know... While I was over there, I went to the, the Emirates and I went to even Selhurst Park. not fantastic, but, you know, I went to a couple of those sorts of grounds. Um, but then to go to a sort of like a quote-unquote real football ground where you're sort of in the tin, tin, tin shed sort of end with, you know, dingy little seats um, and sort of just everyone's standing and singing for the whole game, it was just, you know, it's a fantastic experience. So um, hopefully they can sort of... Um, get get things going again and, and, and kind of get out of any sort of financial troubles they're in and, and as you say hopefully for us we can uh, go on and get a great victory against Chelsea this weekend which would be fantastic and, and a hugely memorable result if we were to do it in front of a full house uh, so thank you for joining me tonight Dan
0: no problems
1: and thank you everyone for listening in hopefully everyone is up and uh, supporting City Saturday night and of course Wednesday morning against Huddersfield where hopefully we can get a big three points uh, but until next week Come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black.
0: This is on fire. We're going higher and higher.
1: There's no turning back.